Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome listeners to our post-2020 Oscars discussion. The 2020 or the 92nd Oscars just wrapped up and we are here to talk about all of the winners and losers of the night. This is your co-host Corbin. I'm Alan. I gotta say, I was pretty excited for this year. I watched all of the Best Picture nominees, and I saw uh, almost all of the nominated titles, save for just a few. Um, I watched the beginning of Harriet, but I did—I wasn't able to get to Richard Jewell, Bombshell, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and How to Train Your Dragon for Animated, and of course, it's always difficult to get to the documentaries and yeah. the shorts. Yeah, I almost was able to see the shorts. I think it was live action shorts. Uh, there was also a because they okay, there was a theater here that was showing them all like in one showing as like a typical movie, but I wasn't able to, to get to it. It sprung up really quick and I already had too many things going on, so I wasn't able to make it. There was all, they also had the same thing for the short, uh, the documentary short, short subjects too, but that also didn't get make that. So I came really close to actually seeing. Uh, some of the nominations that I normally have never been able to see those shorts. But for me, I this year, whereas last year I got to see most everything that was nominated, this year was not the same story. My schedule just really didn't allow for me to see absolutely everything. Luckily, though, I had seen a good number of the nominees before the, announce- the announcements came out. So of the best pictures, I only didn't, I didn't get to see Ford v. Ferrari, um, and I guess Little Women. I saw, I've seen most of The Irishman and everything else I've seen. Um, some of these are multiple times. So, in my, in my case, I'm not as, uh, I didn't get to see as many as I would like to this year. But that was also because I have more adult things to do than watch a bunch of movies. I got to say, it was pretty hectic to see everything considering last year we were a bit spoiled, but at the same time, I was quite, I was quite antsy though to get to the awards because it felt like the time between the announcement and then the award ceremony, which I believe wasn't even until March. Yeah. I think they announced end of January and had the award ceremony in March. I can't even remember what was going on. Uh, we think it was the Olympics, but I think we're wrong. I'm not sure, there honestly. Is, I forget. There is probably some reason. It may have even the Super Bowl as well, for all we know. But that did give me tons of time to see everything last year. But it really did come down to the wire this year of just really cramming all of these movies in. But yeah. thankfully, I was able to see all of the best picture nominees i just saw marriage story yesterday for the first time and glad i got that one in there because it was up for a lot of awards and it it won a couple we'll talk about it yeah at at least one it won at least one We'll, we'll talk about it here in a minute 
But I got to say, as far as the nominees go for Best Picture this year, I think I was incredibly pleased with all of them. And I could see why they had that significance of earning that nomination. And then as far as the other nominees go in other categories, I, I was really impressed. It was a really tight uh, race this year. It was very competitive. I'm like, honestly, I could see in all these categories, I could see any of them winning. Right. This year for me, while I think it was a pretty good year, all things considered, there are obviously some snubs that should be on this list. If you listen to previous po- uh, previous Oscar um, 2020 podcasts, I've definitely raved about The Lighthouse more than enough. Um, it didn't get cinematography, unfortunately, which I'm very sad about. Um, but at the same time, I also got to see Uncut Gems uh, a few days before the Oscars. And now that I saw that, I'm also very um, confused as to why <laughs> the Safdie brothers aren't anywhere near the Oscars for anything. Because Adam, Dri- Adam, Adam Driver, Adam Sandler. He was there. <laughs> yeah, he was there. Um, Adam Sandler did do a very good job and surprising to see him in a role that isn't in a movie that's uh, questionable. And along with that direction as well, which very surprising from the Safety Brothers. So I'm a bit surprised. Overall, the nominees for me are good, but some of these I don't really see, I guess, uh, Oscar potential in them. The one only one big snub that I can think of, I unfortunately have not got to see Uncut Gems yet, but... Dang, Willem Dafoe really should have got oh, nominated yeah. for Best Actor for The Lighthouse. It baffles my mind how he's not on there, but honestly, Antonio Banderas gets on there. I watched him in Pain and Glory. He turned in a good performance, but Willem Dafoe was far better. So oh, yeah. honestly, as far as acting goes this year, I feel like it was a very weak year for acting because no doubt in anyone's mind, Walking Phoenix was going to beat everybody because... Honestly, he was way better, except for Adam Driver, I thought, had a shot at it. Yeah, yeah the I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver for Best Actor, not including Supporting Actor, which also, which also includes Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci. Um, like these are really big actors. But, I mean, you're right. In terms of maybe surprises of the year. These really are no surprises. Jonathan Price and Antonio Banderas aren't usually on these lists, but yeah, maybe I I do feel that William William Dafoe should have gotten a nomination, but for whatever reason, the Oscars are not very keen on horror. And so the lighthouse was kind of lucky to get what it got. It is interesting to note that a lot of, well, honestly, a majority of those up for acting, well, maybe, let me rephrase that. There is quite a few who are up for acting. Uh, Florence Pugh, Scarlett Johansson, Cynthia Erivo, Jonathan Price, Adam Driver, and Antonio Banderas all received their first nomination this year. Oh, really? Yes. So some are veterans to acting, and some of these people are very new to acting, actually. Um, but like I said earlier, a lot of these people, it seemed like there was really slim pickings when it came to like, wow, that was a powerhouse performance. I was like, yeah, that was a completely servable performance from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think the acting was a very tight race uh, whatsoever. So I was kind of disappointed about that, especially considering there was some fantastic talent out there, such as 
Willem Dafoe, maybe even Eddie Murphy and Adam Sandler. I think that really would have shook things up to have seen them in the race. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of Florence Pugh, I was just looking at her IMDb page because she's a relatively new actress to me. She's only been acting since 2014. Um, Yeah, she's she's up and coming. Yeah. And she had two movies released this year, Midsummer and Little Women. And I've seen Midsummer. I haven't seen Little Women. That's the movie I've been wanting to see, but it's evaded me. All these, all these months, um, and I hear she did better in Midsummer than she did in The Women. However, I have that's seen fascinating, it, and I really want to. And, anyways, well, speaking of surprises this year, the biggest winner. Well, it's not a surprise to me because I wanted this. I I was predicting this would happen, but not like nobody else was predicting this. Parasite was the biggest winner of 2020, taking home four of its six nominations. Incredible. Yeah, which is kind of funny because just, uh, let's see here, it's 11 o'clock now. Just about four hours ago, I was watching Parasite with my cousins because they hadn't seen it yet. And I just got it on Blu-ray. So I have now seen Parasite three times. And after seeing it three times, I can definitely say it is worthy of Best Picture for Oscars 2020. It is that good. It truly is. And it was the only film on the list that I gave a 10 out of 10 to. Oh, really? You gave it a 10? Oh, that's right. We talked about it. I did. I did. I ultimately decided on a 10. I was struggling to find anything that would cause it a nine. That's fair. That's fair. I did hand out, I think, four other nines. Uh, The lowest score I gave was a six for The Joker. Don't get me wrong. There are some really incredible elements about that film. But as far as the package goes and the worldview, it's a little muddy. And so that made made it hard for me to recommend that film. But Joker, of, of its 11 nominations, it only won two. That's right. I did see that um, Joaquin Phoenix got one and you got it for score, right? Yeah, it did win for score. Which is an interesting choice, I think. It wasn't my first pick. We'll get there in a minute. But I mean, it it had very good elements in the score. Um, The composer's fairly new, but not. What was your first pick, Alan, for score? For score? Um. It was between Little Women and Marriage Story, not going to yeah. lie. However, I'm surprised yeah, that John Williams didn't get it. I think he's gotten it in the past, in the past uh, two other Star Wars movies that have been in the Oscars. If I'm yeah, he was my last pick, honestly, for score, though, because I'm with you. I did have Alexander Desplat winning for Little Women, but mm-hmm. I would have been completely happy if Randy Newman won for Marriage Story. I loved those scores. Yes. I think the biggest upset of the night, the complete biggest upset, is The Irishman won zero of its ten nominations. Yeah, which is surprising. Now, again, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen enough of it to feel that, you know, uh, De Niro should have gotten the win. And, of course, visual effects. I can see why they went for 1917, but still very incredible what they were able how what they did and how seamless it fits in with the movie. So I'm surprised that Scorsese didn't walk away with anything this year, which is, it's very odd because usually he's, you know, a fan favorite at the Oscars. Yeah, this year didn't surprise me that all of the awards were very spread out. 
I predicted this would happen. I knew nobody was going to just sweep the night like La La Land did yeah. or even Mad Max Fury Road, which was just winning one after another. I really thought this was going to be very spread out. It was going to be a low scoring night, if that, if you could call it that. Right, right. So here's just a quick breakdown of um, the winners that were all nominated for more than one. So Joker won two of the 11 Irishman zero 1917. I think that's actually another big upset because that was the predicted favorite of the night. Sam Mendez was supposed to win. It was going to win best picture. I mean, it was on everybody's lips. It only won three of its 10 nominations. Right. Which to me, isn't too surprising. Mm. I'm going to be honest with you. The other ones were uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood only won two of its 10 nominations. Also no surprise to me. Jojo Rabbit won one. Little Women received one. Marriage Story received one. Parasite received four. Yeah. Ford v. Ferrari, it received two of its four. Oh, that's right. It didn't get both both sound categories. Um, No, it got sound and editing. Yeah, it got uh, film editing and sound editing. That's right. That's right. Bombshell won for makeup. No surprise. Mm. Uh, Star Wars won zero of its three. The two popes won zero of its three. Harriet won zero. Honeyland won zero. Judy received one. Pain and Glory zero. And Toy Story 4 got one. Yeah, so it is a pretty spread out list. I mean, Parasite definitely walked away with the most, but at four nom- at four wins, that's still not a huge amount like we've seen in years past. Like when, yeah, when Mad Max came through and like, you got the six, eight or six, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. So short film live action went to The Neighbor's Window and documentary short subject went to Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone if you're a girl. It's a long title, but... Uh, they both sounded really great and best documentary went to American factory, which I watched the first three minutes of on Netflix. So I'm, I'm very curious to go back and watch that one. Yeah. Uh, surprise, no surprise, actually foreign language film went to parasite. Yeah. That one was one that I, I think everyone was kind of predicting that as well. Uh, it's uh, in my mind, it's a really good thing that parasite came out because and I've heard this quote before from a couple of YouTubers. It seems to be the movie that you show people who say, I don't like foreign films. This is the movie you show them to show them that there are great foreign films that are a bit more accessible than uh, what you usually see. So in my mind, Parasite winning this year is very, very important for film later on. Hopefully, we'll get to see a lot more foreign films become more normal than what they really have been because they really haven't been very accessible like ever. It is exciting to see how it's being appreciated more on a level playing field with the rest of the films, not just English speaking films, but the South Korean film, which was the first time a South Korean film has been nominated and won. Right. Right. And this all kind of began last year with uh, Roma. Yes. Um, that one was up for best picture, which I don't know if I've ever seen a foreign film up for best picture before. Uh, I didn't win, but it did it win. No, Green Book won last that's, year. That's right. Yeah, Green Book won. Um, it didn't win, but it still got nominated. 
If I'm not mistaken, foreign films getting nominated for Best Picture, I was on the Academy database, which has all kinds of really cool trivia. I think that goes back all the way. I think the first time that happened was in the 30s. Really? Yeah. So there is a precedent to it. It's not like it happens a ton over the 92 years, but it has happened before. Interesting. I, I don't know if a foreign film has ever won Best Picture, though, until tonight. Gotcha. That would I'm be not sure on that. Up. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't any because there's uh, none that I can think of. Yeah. Same here. And it makes sense because the Oscars are, and the Oscars are an American thing. Right. And so, I mean, it makes sense to me that, you know, foreign films aren't usually on the best picture list, but this year, maybe this is, maybe this will change it up, which I think is a good thing. Uh, short film animated went to hair love, which I actually did get to see. They played it. Right before we saw Little Women in the oh, really? theater, I, I don't know why that happened, but it was my pick to win. It's the only one I saw, and it won. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Best Makeup went to Bombshell, which was, I kept shuffling between Bombshell, Joker, and Judy. Yeah. And ultimately, I had Bombshell as my second pick because I was just so impressed with how they transformed Renee Zellweger into Judy Garland. But once again, how they transformed Charlize Theron into Megan Kelly was truly groundbreaking, I thought. Right. Now, Renee Zellweger, she also got a supporting actress win, didn't she? Um, no, she won for lead actress, actually. Oh, so no. Yeah, lead actress. That's right. That's what she got. Yeah, which I'm surprised so, about because there are other actresses on that list that are I would have expected to win and not Renee Zellweger. Then again, I haven't seen Bombshell, so I don't know if she did good or not, but I guess she did good because she got a nomination. So for best actress, yes, she was my number. She was my number one pick. I think everybody that I listened to was thinking Renee Zellweger was going to win. I had her winning. Um, Saoirse Ronan, I didn't really think she deserved the nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the only true competition in the best actress category was Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Gave a really great emotional performance. Yeah. I was expecting Scarlett Johansson to win um, because she's mostly known nowadays for playing black widow in the Marvel cinematic universe. But yeah, she did a fantastic job in marriage story, but I also have not seen anything else, any other movie in this category yet. So she was my one and only pick. This was Renee Zellweger's second Oscar and fourth nomination. I think okay. she gave a great acceptance speech talking about her parents coming to America and living the American dream. Yeah. And it was a pretty like very selfless speech. I really liked it. Now, as far as visual effects go, I was really surprised on this one because I, it, it uh, 1917 won visual effects. That was actually my last pick to win because yeah. I thought everything was practical. Surprise, a lot of it was actually computer generated and I believed that was real. I I guess I wasn't the same with you on that one then because there were, in 1917, there I felt that there were some transitions that looked kind of rocky that looked a lot like computer, that it was computer generated. Now, don't get me wrong, I think the visual effects of 1917 are quite good, but I didn't think it wasn't my first pick. Um, now that I've seen two, no, three of the nominations on this list, I probably would have gone for the Irishman, probably because I didn't think, I didn't see 
um, anything that resembled any kind of CGI in that movie, even though I know that they did some de-aging on a lot of the characters. That was my only like final, like my very last choice to win of the night for 1917. Um, Irishman was my second choice. I actually put Star Wars as my first choice. Mm. Um, Lion King was my third choice. I thought some of it looked groundbreaking and some of it looked pretty fake, <laughs> honestly. I've, yeah, that's what I've heard is it, it, it looks good at times, but it also doesn't look good at times. I haven't seen Star Wars. I haven't seen The Lion King, but I've seen Irishman and Avengers in 1917. Another big surprise for me was Elton John won for I'm Gonna Love Me Again. So Rocket Man did get an Oscar. That was my fourth pick. My first pick was Stand Up from Harriet, which I thought was an incredible song. Yeah, I we did talk about these in our, uh, un, I guess, reactions to the nominations. And if, if I remember correctly, I said... I don't like any of these songs. <laughs> so <laughs> I, also, I also haven't seen any of these movies. So, yeah. Now, here's no surprise, at least for me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won for production design, which I really think they deserved it, how they transformed Hollywood into the 60s. Yeah, I when I was watching it, I was very surprised at the sets and the locations that they were able to shoot in to make it look like it was not modern day. Irishman is the same way. The Irishman looks really, really good. Um, so that one for me was really, really tough and hard to discern which one I think would win best pro production design. Even Parasite I thought was really, really good. But I am not, I'm not angry that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won. I think it deserves it. Now, another number one pick for me, Little Women, Jacqueline Duran for costume design won. And I was so happy because the costumes in that film were incredible. They really stood out from the rest. Oh, I believe it. From what I've seen, they look really, really good. And I mean, everything on this list is all got really good costumes, I think. Sound mixing went to 1917. I'm honestly still not quite sure the difference between sound editing and sound mixing mm -hmm. but uh that was my second pick i had ford v ferrari getting it because i just go with sound mixing and sound editing for the same pick yeah they're not there are unless you're like are in this field it's like it's kind of hard to uh i guess explain what the difference is between editing and mixing even i'm kind of confused as to what they mean by editing and mixing but yeah, I have not seen, no, I haven't seen 4B Ferrari on mixing. Um, everything, I mean, Joker for sound mixing, I guess. I would probably go for either 1917 or Ad Astra um, for sound mixing. Probably the same with sound editing. And I did predict 4B Ferrari would win for sound editing, and it did. Now, Alan, I got to know, are you upset The Lighthouse did not win for cinematography? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, okay, I understand why the Academy went for 1917. Roger Deakins. He got it. Yeah, he, he is a very good cinematographer. And he makes that movie look really, really good. But I feel in terms of like a film that you could pause at any, mo like literally any moment and it would look like a painting. I think The yeah. Lighthouse definitely pulls that off, hands down. Like, 1917 looks good. In fact, all of these films look good in the cinematography uh, and the cinematography side, but I feel that The Lighthouse, for me, is the the best-looking movie 
of 2019, hands down, there's no competition. I can't disagree with you. I thought this was going to be a very tight race considering Roger Deakins was the DP for 1917. Right. I did have 1917 winning, but the lighthouse was truly incredible. It's a bummer, but I think what pushed Roger Deakins to win the award was being able to shoot extremely long scenes without cutting the camera. And that required a lot of kind of choreographing how, how they're going to do it. Because if you mess up, you're going to have to reshoot it all. So I think that feat alone is probably what pushed him to get the award. I can see why they, yeah, I can definitely see why the Academy went for it. Cause it's not just, uh, it's not, you have the added element or I guess not really added element, but, the element that takes more up more control than usual of blocking where you have to set up more complex shots that are going to be moving more where you don't have the you don't have the luxury of cutting like the lighthouse does you have to make it all smooth and transition from one to the next from one part to the next part as if it were one shot even if there is a cut between there now for film editing i had ford v ferrari winning i thought they did an incredible job because that is a very fast paced movie Achieving the editing of getting the viewer feeling like you are racing in Le Mans in a Ford GT40 and with the quick cuts mixed with the sound, fantastic editing. I'm glad they won. That was my number one pick. Yeah. For me, I haven't seen Ford v Ferrari, so I guess I can't really speak to it. But I am a little bit surprised that the par- that Parasite didn't get it or The Irishman. I can I probably had- see Jojo Rabbit getting it, but... I'm surprised neither Parasite or Irishman were the winners. Parasite was my second choice for editing. I didn't really want Jojo Rabbit to get it because I feel like they just copied the editing we see in most Wes Anderson films. Yeah. It didn't feel very original. So, but speaking of original, best original screenplay, Bong Joon-ho and... I'm sorry, I don't remember the other guy's name, but they both won for Parasite. I was super happy about this. The only other movie, um, well, the only other two movies that I would have seen winning was Marriage Story. Absolutely could have won. And then the Dark Horse pick would have been Knives Out. I think a lot of people were wanting Rian Johnson to win for Knives Out, but that was my third pick. Yeah, I've heard, still heard great things about Knives Out. I have yet to see it. Um, But I mean, all these are really good contenders. In fact, I'm actually surprised once upon a time in Hollywood didn't get it, but I do think that Parasite deser- absolutely deserves his best screenplay, uh, best original screenplay. I guess I should probably uh, discern. I really think 1917 didn't belong on that list because it's a unique story, but there's very little dialogue or even story to it. It's mostly just take this letter and get it across the enemy lines. Right. I just don't see why it was on there. I think other films that you had mentioned before, like Uncut Gems or something, could have been on there. Or Dolomite. Yeah, this is where I think Uncut Gems would work really, really well. Because, well, screenplay, but I would say more along the lines of directing. Because there's a lot of Uncut Gems that feels like it's just, they place a camera inside of a conversation and filmed it. Because there's a lot of overlapping dialogue. But I can see... I can probably see original screenplay had the Oscars gone for it. Now, best animated feature film to me wasn't a surprise that it went to Toy Story 4. That was my pick. I emotionally resonated with that film. The only other film that I think had a shot was Klaus, 
but at least everything on this list well i don't know maybe how to train a dragon 3 that was the only one i didn't get to i'm not really a big fan of that franchise but at least everything i thought had quality and merit and was different and we weren't getting things like ferdinand and boss baby yeah last year was kind of uh, a weird year for animated features there wasn't a whole lot that came out this year toy story 4 which honestly to me is no surprise that it won uh, I haven't seen it. In fact, the only one that I've seen on this list is How to Train Your Dragon 3, and I didn't think that one was very good. <laughs> um, I do want to see The Missing Link, though. I'm, I'm usually pretty interested in Leica pictures. but Yeah, it was it was good, but it was actually my least favorite Leica film. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't hear like anything about it when it came out, which is usually a bad sign. Now, as far as best adapted screenplay goes, I, this was my second pick, but I'm completely happy with it. Taika Waititi won for Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. What, I, it was a great it was a great job adapting that screenplay. He, he was so nervous up on stage. It was really funny. Oh, was he really? I, I guess I have to go back and watch his acceptance speech because I missed I missed that one. You should. He is like stumbling over himself. Right. Um, he's hilarious, though. But I was really actually hoping Greta Gerwig would win for Little Women. I thought that was a beautiful yeah. screenplay. I wondered if she would have gotten it because I know that from what I've heard, it's a while it is to an adapted screenplay what she does with it um is a little bit different than what a lot of plays usually do i, I haven't seen it yet I'm, i really want to see it um but i again surprised the irishman didn't get this jojo rabbit yeah i can see it i can i can see why the academy would go for it but personally i feel that there are better picks on the on this list I did actually have the Irishman as my last pick. I think he did an incredible job adapting a book into a three and a half hour movie and telling an epic story. But some of I, I was I was confused with some of that movie. Uh, some of who the characters were and what they were doing in transitions. But yeah. maybe that's not a reflection on the writing. I'm glad to see Jojo Rabbit got something, though. Now, here's a surprise that maybe you're going to really disagree with me on, Alan. I'm not sure. Best Supporting Actress, Laura Dern. She was my last pick of all of these people. Really? I, okay, I didn't get to see Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, and I didn't get to see Margot Robbie and Bombshell. Those films are on limbo right now. Nobody can see them, really. Um, yeah, I thought she gave a good performance. It was fine, serviceable, but... Nothing really stand out to me there. You know, the Academy does seem to go for uh, women actresses, mostly supporting actresses that always play the really scary um, women in the story. <laughs> um, no, I thought she did very good. I'm I'm um, not surprised that she won because I, I do feel that she deserves it. I have yet to see every anything else on this list except for Jojo Rabbit. I don't think Scarlett Johansson really deserve really no I don't, I don't think that award was for her for a supporting actress um i'm shocked i'm surprised i guess to see florence Pugh on here again I, she is a brand a, a relatively new actress but yeah richard jewell is in limbo and was really hard to get your hands on even when it came out so i i've heard good things and i've heard kathy Bates was really good but i need somebody to see it kathy bates has already won she actually won for misery Oh, and Margot Robbie got snubbed again. She was just there for I, Tanya not that yeah. long ago. She missed she, out. She's in uh, Birds of Prey that just came out the weekend of the Oscars, too. Yes. Yeah. 
she's in that she's in something else also that surprised me i don't remember but i mean i was actually kind of pulling for florence Pugh. i thought she gave a pretty sweet endearing performance once again nothing amazing though now bong joon ho won again for parasite he was actually my second pick though i'm still incredibly happy he won but i was actually pulling for sam mendez to win for best director pull it up here real quick yeah um i honestly thought that the academy would go for sam mendez like i mm-hmm. had a feeling in my mind that the academy would go for it i probably wouldn't have oh really i again it's the big boys once upon a time in hollywood irishman and parasite were the three that i would think that i would think would go for it um but again parasite did win so and i think he did a very good job with that and so it's no surprise that he won but in my mind i don't think if i were to choose the oscar for best director i wouldn't have picked 1917. it should be noted bong joon ho winning uh he won four oscars tonight the most a person a individual has won for a single film which is incredible I know other people have been at least nominated for three or more and like Alfonso Cuaron won for three. I want to see for say Francis Ford Coppola won for three, but I think like the Godfather part two, maybe in the conversation, like all in one night, something like that. But it was incredible. Bong Joon-ho is so sweet up there. Just really nice guy really funny pretty mm-hmm. humble and he kept he was like i'm, I'm gonna go drink tonight and have a great night and then he goes sit back down and then he'd come back up and he's like oh gosh i thought i could rest i thought my night was over <laughs> and he's like i'm gonna be drinking till tomorrow just oh, really no. funny yeah yeah he won four oscars which is crazy yes uh, and yeah he is tied with walt disney for having the most oscars in one night however walt disney won four oscars for four different movies. So I don't know if that necessarily counts. Now, Best Supporting Actor was the first award announced and it was Brad Pitt winning for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I had him winning that one. Um, The only other person, I didn't get to see Tom Hanks in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That's another one that's very hard to get your hands on at the moment. The only other thing, I really thought Al Pacino did fantastic in The Irishman. I could see him getting it. But I'm very happy Brad Pitt won. He was my first pick. Yeah. Uh, all these people, well, okay. Once more time in Hollywood, Irishman are the two that I've seen, I suppose. But yeah, uh, I've heard Anthony, I mean, Anthony Hopkins always does a good job. And so I heard that he did a very good job in Two Popes. I forget who my pick was. I don't think I picked anybody at the time because I hadn't seen any of these movies. But yeah, this is no surprise. I'm actually surprised that he was put under supporting actor. Because he and um, Leonardo DiCaprio share uh, very similar screen time. I think actually Brad Pitt shares has more than Leonardo DiCaprio. But I think he deserved it. He did a very good job. That's exactly what my dad said when we walked out of that movie is why is he supporting actor? Because he's at least as much screen time as Leo. That was odd. Um, He probably should have been in the best actor category instead of supporting. But... Who knows? I'm just glad he won. And he gave another really wonderful speech. Uh, I'm really liking Brad Pitt, especially as he gets older. He's like not as conceited anymore. He's really like mellowed out, like pretty graceful guy. Mm-hmm. Now, Joaquin Phoenix, 
no surprise here. I yeah. only thought Adam Driver could maybe do it. Yeah. Because I don't think Antonio Banderas or Leonardo DiCaprio should have been nominated. I thought Jonathan Price did great. Maybe he could have been the dark horse, but Joaquin was like head and shoulders better than anybody in this category. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix was well, no surprise. I ever I think everyone saw this one coming. Um I when I saw the nomination list, I saw Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix in the same category and it was like it's going to be Joaquin Phoenix. As much as I would love Adam Driver to get it, Joaquin Phoenix is going to probably get to walk away with it because the joke because of his performance in the Joker. So, yeah, I am not sad about this. I think Joaquin Phoenix does a great job. He, I think this was my is either my first or second pick. I I forget which one, but yeah, I think he definitely deserves it. He did a great job in Joker. Did you get to see his uh, acceptance speech, Alan? I did not. The only, the only acceptance speech I saw was for Brad Pitt. I got to say, it was extremely long, incredibly bizarre. Really? He got up there, people were clapping for him, and he immediately told people to stop clapping for him. He said, stop. I mean, he was really nervous. He could barely talk. He started talking about cow's milk and how we're torturing cows, but even though we love their milk... And he's, uh, then he quoted, I'm pretty sure he quoted his brother who's passed away, River Phoenix, yeah, about a song lyric and going on about humanity and environmentalism. And he just went on and on and it got really strange. Honestly, I actually got a little nervous watching his speech because it felt all too similar to his performance in Joker. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil the end, but when he goes on TV on robert de niro's show on tv and goes crazy i'm like you're 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 coming to real life here i'm getting nervous how you're really acting insane so that was the weird thing but this i should note this was his first win and he deserved it yeah no he absolutely deserved it i guess i'll have to go back and listen to that speech because it sounds really interesting oh it's strange it's weird <laughs> now for best picture i was extreme i always get nervous when best yeah. picture comes up because i'm like what is it gonna be is it are they going to ruin my night and choose something I think absolutely doesn't deserve it? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be something like, oh, okay. Or is it going to work out? So I thought three movies in the running for me were Parasite, Marriage Story, and Little Women. It turned out to be Parasite. And I like lost, lost it. I'm like falling on the floor, hooping <laughs> and hollering. I couldn't believe it because the name on everybody's lips was 1917. The, it was oh, like yeah. a done deal. Everybody's like, it's going to be 1917. And it wasn't. And I thought they're going to pick 1917 just because it's like the popular thing to do. Whereas everybody actually knows Parasite's a far better film. Yeah. And it happened. Oh, my word. It happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am like we talked about earlier. I am very surprised that Parasite won for a foreign film uh, for best picture at the Oscars. Uh, I think it's a very good thing and it absolutely deserves it. I've seen the movie three times now and I would go back and watch it again right now because it is just that enjoyable. So, yeah, I'm surprised, uh, but I'm also not surprised at the same time because I think it absolutely deserves it. I Yeah, I am surprised that 1917 didn't get it because you're right. It is one of those things where it's very, very popular and everyone's talking about it and everyone was thinking, oh, it's going to be this one. But I, I do like that the Academy went for one that I feel is more deserving of a best picture, not of a best picture win than something else. Overall, I think this was a really great night at the Academy Awards because 
almost all of my my number one picks got the award they got the win there was a couple of them that i saw coming in second place um, but otherwise i thought it was a very good night i'm very satisfied with the winners and gotta say i'm overjoyed that a film like parasite is won the most oscars tonight and it won best picture and to me this is restoring my faith in the academy awards like they're getting back on the right track yeah i was a little bit worried last year um the wins were not what the academy usually would go for and i remember stating that this the oscars kind of feel more like a joke because they're going for pop film instead of film that is worthy of these awards. Yeah, this year feels a lot more solid. Things feel like what was nominated nominated is more on a level playing field. There wasn't, you know, that one movie that walked away with a bunch of Oscars um, or whatever. It felt pretty even all across the board. And Parasite, a foreign film, a foreign Korean film, winning the most Oscars of the night, and one of those being Best Picture is very surprising. So, yeah, I would love to see more foreign films on this list. And I would love to see more artistic ones on this list, kind of like The Lighthouse. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, overall, no, a very good list. I'm surprised at what was chosen. I think that these are very solid uh, choices. Overall, I think it was a great night. And the award show itself moved along at a fantastic pace. They really didn't dilly-dally. I They did talk about women a lot, which I don't have a problem with, but it got to be a little annoying when it was something they constantly brought up. And it seemed like they weren't recognizing that a ton of women actually did win tonight. So I'm not really sure what they were trying to make with those statements about that. So otherwise, though, at least they didn't, you know, go too far with it, I would say. Um, and they did, they really did keep the politics down. There wasn't, this was not very political at all. One of the least political shows in recent memory. I really glad they just focused on the movies. They focused on the winners and everybody was pretty short and sweet and grateful with their nomination. Overall, a fantastic year for the Oscars. Yeah. I, if, if I had one wish of the Oscars, I would say make yourselves more accessible because I had no way of watching it this year. I could buy an antenna for my TV, but then I would only use it once a year. Um, if there was like a way that I could pay like five or six dollars to watch the show, I would do it instead of having to like get the trial for ABC and then just keep trying to do that every single year. I'm a little surprised I didn't stream it on YouTube or you can get it on YouTube TV, but that's like 50 bucks a month, which is I'm there's no way I'm paying for that. And it's really weird because a lot of these big events are like streaming for free now mm. on the internet. So yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm a little surprised they didn't do that. I watched it old school. We've got rabbit ears in the basement. Yep. Yeah. But they, it's weird because in a digital age, like nobody has rabbit yeah. ears though. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know why the Oscars are hard to get your hands on. You have to go, you have to go through ABC for some reason. Um, and only through their service, which is annoying because I feel like that really pushes away a lot of people. If they were to open it up, I feel they would have, they would get their audience back, but maybe we'll see what happens next year. They don't, uh, they've already gotten rid of the host for two years now. And it sounds like it might be staying. So maybe so. some year in the future, or they're like streaming on Twitch or something like that, that makes it That'd more accessible. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. 
Well, listeners, we want to know what you think of the 2020 Oscars. Are you happy Parasite won? Were you pretty upset that Joker, the leading one with 11 nominations, walked home with nothing? Or even the Irishman went home empty-handed? We really want to hear your thoughts. Are you excited about... Um, just some of these other movies getting some kind of recognition like Jojo Rabbit and Mayor Story, they did get uh, wins and it's kind of cool to see all of these movies at least got something. But we want to know what you think, so make sure to comment your thoughts down below. And of course, make sure to uh, subscribe so you're seeing our weekly podcast movie reviews. We are here every Monday. We're currently in the Terminator series right now. Uh, we're very excited to be reviewing those films and eager to engage in discussion with you about those movies which are have become honestly american classics staples of american cinema which is very surprising we walk you through the whole history of the terminator films and whatnot and uh, we just wrapped up our back to the future series not too long ago also my birthday pick king kong that review is coming out uh well tomorrow as of this recording and Alan's birthday pick came out last month, so make sure to listen to that as well. A very unique film I think a lot of you will find very interesting. Alan, thanks for joining me. Sure thing. All right, listeners, we will see you next time with King Kong. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.